Hey there, this is John from Podbean and Podcasting Smarter. On today's episode, we'll be speaking with Mark from the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast about how to grow your podcast and how to find your niche market and community. We also discuss how you can record and produce a professional podcast on the go, how to attract sponsors, and of course, awesome wrestling memorabilia. Enjoy this episode. Welcome to Podcasting Smarter, the podcast for and by podcasters. We interview podcasters for the real scoop on podcasting. Whether you're thinking about starting a podcast or have been podcasting for years, you'll find lots of inspiration, valuable lessons, and tips in our interviews. This podcast is brought to you by Podbean. Please visit podbean.com, the home for podcasters. He is the producer of the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast with WWE superstar Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. Please welcome my guest on today's episode, Mark. How you doing today, my man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And again, thanks for making the time. I want you to start off by telling us about yourself. Uh, Who are you? What do you do for the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast? And um, tell us a little bit about how you got started. Yeah, so I guess uh, I'm Mark Sterling. Uh, I'm an independent professional wrestler as well. I am a former student of Kurt Hawkins, a.k.a. Brian Myers. Um, He sort of taught me uh, how to be a good professional wrestler. And I am also a video producer and audio producer by trade. I have uh, my MFA in documentary film production and studies from Hofstra University. But uh, when I was a student with with Brian, I sort of took over a lot of the stuff uh, at his school, the technical stuff, promoting things online and, and stuff like that. So when they decided to do this podcast, I, I knew that I wanted to be involved and um, so really, it's like a three-man team. We've got the two hosts. We all do a lot of work, uh, and I produce the, uh, the podcast itself. I produce the videos that we do, all the extra content, the Patreon feeds, our live shows. It's really just the three of us with some added help from you know designers and friends and things like that. Now, I have to ask, as a wrestling fan myself, what are some of the promotions that you've worked under? Uh, I guess most notably CZW, Combat Zone Wrestling, uh, Beyond Wrestling in New England, Limitless Wrestling in Maine. I think those are some of the big ones. Blitzkrieg Pro in in, uh, Western Massachusetts, Uh, Brian's Creative Pro. And then uh, actually recently just got squashed by the Viking Raiders on Monday Night Raw. Oh, my God. And that couldn't have felt good at all. (laughs) Uh, It was great. (laughs) Oh, man. There's some powerhouses there. So let's talk a little bit. Uh, tell us about your general recording setup and even with you doing more of the video production too, do you tend to record on location or in a studio and what is some of your go-to gear? Yeah, so for us, it's it's all about being on the go. So the guys, Brian lives in New York and Matt lives in Orlando. Uh, they've been friends for years. So basically, they're both on Monday Night Raw and they have to sort of carve out enough time each week when they fly to the Monday Night Raw city in order to record the podcast. So early on, we purchased a, a Zoom H6N and a bunch of mics. Uh, we have some Samson mics. We have SM58s. Uh, really, it's just kind of like uh, on-the-go podcasting. We They set up in a hotel room or they find a quiet room in the arena for Monday Night Raw uh, and then they record it. If I'm around, uh, I'll go and, and do it for them. If not, they sort of do it themselves and then send me the the files. But yeah, so that so that's really it. The video production as well, like if 
there is room to have a nice camera, we'll do it. But a lot of the stuff that we do, the vlogs and, and the toy hunts that we do are just shot on our iPhones. I think that's important to bring up too, because you mentioned the Zoom H6, which is one of my favorite pieces of gear, especially for uh, mobile podcast recording. And you can even use it as an interface instead of using like a focus, right? Or something like that for recording. Right. What you said about video, I think a lot of podcasters and a lot of just people who want to get into media production in general, get kind of tied up with needing this elaborate video gear. But being able to, especially now with iPhones and Androids and where we are, uh, the cameras on those do a great job. And really, it's just about getting the message out there first. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, wh what are you really uh, shooting? You know, like uh, phones now shoot so much better than cameras like six years ago. So it's crazy. And the, the files are smaller and it's more manageable and easy and it's in your pocket and the sound is good as long as you were close. It's, it's great. Do you tend to record the podcast and the video content kind of simultaneously? Or is it really, like you said, because they're both traveling, you're traveling as well. Is it, if you can, great. Or you may set time aside later on for that. It's, it's pretty much separate. The meat and potatoes of what we are, the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast, is like a, an hour and a half to two and a half hour podcast that comes out every Friday. And the guys talk about the sort of wrestling memorabilia that they collect, figure news, um, basically the ins and outs of wrestling memorabilia. Um, and they keep everyone update, up to date with their own collections. Um, that is not usually video recorded. That is our audio podcast hosted on Podbean. Thank you very much. That goes out to everything else. But the extra stuff is is separate content. You know, the guys might go to a vintage toy shop in San Antonio and they film it on their phones and that's a video on YouTube. They might get an interview with another wrestler talking about their favorite figure that goes on YouTube, that kind of stuff. So it's multiple channels all anchored by this audio podcast. Sure. And I think the most recent episode that I had seen, or at least the one that I checked out on YouTube for, um, for some of the YouTube content was with Big Show. Yo, man, this, that video is doing really great for us. And that just goes to show you, completely shot on phones. These guys have, as a video producer, I cringe at some of the stuff that they send me. But it doesn't really matter. You know, the <laughs> real bad lighting, shaky camera, whatever. But it's, it's really more about the content that's, that's in the video. So um, I've learned to accept the uh, not perfect uh, stuff that I'm getting from the guys, but yeah, that, that video is doing great. And that's a, this is an example. They went to a toy shop. They bought a big show figure. They brought it to them. Uh, they talked about it and people are loving it. Actually to follow up with that, uh, the major wrestling figure podcast, which I'll refer to as the rest of the episode as the NWF podcast, um, has grown a strong listenership with over 1 million downloads across the variety of different distribution channels you have. Uh, what are some of the steps that you, Matt and Brian took towards growing your listenership and your following? Was it a conscious decision to, let's say, promote using this one channel over another? Or did you guys say, hey, we have a specific marketing plan in mind? Or is it just because you continue to put out and deliver content, you're starting to see a following grow around the podcast. I'm not sure if we started with a plan because we didn't really know the, the audience yet, meaning people in wrestling or wrestling fans will know that one of the hosts, Zack Ryder, got very sort of famous in around 2011 by doing this sort of guerrilla style YouTube show every week. Um, and his, you know, his videos were getting 300,000, 500,000 views a week. And he's got millions of Twitter followers. So we had no idea 
what kind, you know, how many of those fans of his would come to this podcast because this podcast, as we say a lot in our own meetings, is a niche of a niche of a niche, meaning you have to like podcasts, first of all, which seems weird to us, but there are still people out there that are like, what's a podcast? And then you have to like professional wrestling. Okay, so that's two things. And then you also have to like professional wrestling so much that you're interested in professional wrestling merchandise and figures and memorabilia. So we've already knocked down the, you know, the pool of our audience by a lot. When we started, we were like, we have no idea. And it, it's grown pretty steadily, I would say. Uh, we talk about ways to get new people often. Um, and I think that bringing in new other wrestlers, like, like that video on YouTube that you mentioned with Big Show, like our audience has heard a lot about what Matt and Brian think about wrestling figures and re- wrestling memorabilia, but can we bring in you know new people every now and again to give their thoughts? And I think that that's sort of a way that we've grown the, the listenership. So people like Hurricane Helms, we have an interview with him. They listen to the podcast. They like the podcast. They didn't think that they would like it before. Uh, so now they start listening. So, And surprisingly about that niche market, that's how a lot of podcasters gain notoriety. Um, if right. you're just starting up a podcast, the, I guess, thought process is you need to reach everybody. And there are definitely podcasts that do that. Um, there are definitely podcasts that are more general. But in your case here, your target audience is really the super fan of wrestling and then not even just wrestling of memorabilia, especially now with you know, things like Funko Pops and ringside collectibles and all that becoming really big in the forefront. Right, exactly. We've also found different ways to sort of market the business, um, knowing that we don't have millions of people listening. You know, like Joe Rogan has millions of people that listen to his podcast. I don't think that there's millions of people that exist that would even be remotely interested in our podcast. So yeah, we found different ways to sort of market the podcast and and, uh, make it successful. Sure. And as you said before, not only do you uh, use Podbean and podcasting through the various distribution channels, not only do you have podcasting as your main go-to, but you also developed a YouTube channel and a social media presence. How important has it been to have a presence, not just on podcast distribution channels, but also on social media channels and on YouTube? Yeah, I think... um... I think that you know this is a this is a podcast podcast, but I think that actually our YouTube has become while we started it maybe six months after the podcast, it's become more successful. Um, I think that there's just like you know more people on YouTube as right now that are uh, watching things than that are actually downloading podcasts. But I think one feeds the other. So you know somebody finds our channel on YouTube. And this is one of those people that I was talking about that doesn't know what a podcast is. So he really likes it. He loves our content. He wants more of it. And I think that we're getting people from YouTube over to listen to the, to the actual flagship podcast. That is sort of, like I said, our meat and potatoes. And then, you know, obviously social media just keeps us top of mind. Uh, Zach Ryder is like this social media marketing wizard. We both sort of follow Gary V and, and we enjoy his teachings. And, um, but Matt is just like really good at social media and we've sort of built the, the Twitter and the, and the Instagram, just like 
you know, posting different content, news, pictures, interesting things that he has. But it's a very visual thing, wrestling memorabilia. So, you know, that that's why Instagram is good and Twitter is good. So was there a guest that you had on the podcast that really surprised you with their interest in wrestling memorabilia? Like you said, you kind of talked to a lot of different wrestlers. You know, I could only assume that there may be one or two that you go into it or they go into it and they're like, oh, they're not really going to be a super fan like we are. And then all of a sudden they open up and they're like, oh my God, we have this from, let's say this WrestleMania or this from maybe this limited run of collectibles. Has there been anyone that's really shocked you in that way? Well, two things come to mind there. Um, one of the best things that we've done since we started was we got an interview with uh, Dean Ambrose, now known as uh, John Moxley in AEW. And this is might be too inside baseball for uh, people but in, in the wrestling business, he was a huge, huge star and he was leaving the WWE to go to AEW and the guys sort of like in his last two weeks, like they asked him to be on his, their figure podcast. And he is, everyone knows, just a tough guy, like does some crazy stuff in the ring, has like a scary gimmick, um, came from like a very sort of violent independent wrestling past. So it was like, you want to do this figure podcast? And at first he said, F no. And then like a couple of days later, he apparently was just like, hey, yeah, I want to do that figure podcast. So <laughs> we got this interview with Dean Ambrose and it's just really interesting. I think I don't think it anything like it exists on planet Earth where Dean Ambrose is talking about his fandom, the toys that he grew up playing with. And and that's one thing that we really tap into that nostalgia. If even if you're not actively collecting wrestling figures now, I think a lot of people will be very interested to hear a lot about the old vintage stuff we talk about and the, and the nostalgia of growing up a wrestling fan and playing with that Hulk Hogan Hasbro action figure. When we got Dean Ambrose talking about himself being a kid, it was just a very uh, interesting interview, something that he does not do often. So you can find that on our YouTube uh, if you want to seek it out. Especially nowadays, like you said, with um, with nostalgia, there's Netflix, there's YouTube, there's obviously MWF Pod. There's so many of these different outlets now which are giving, let's say, adults the ability to rekindle their childhood in one way or another, whether it's you know watching older shows or, as you said, with Dean Ambrose, him getting to kind of go back and be like, oh, my God, this toy and this toy, this is how I kind of got into the passion of the business it goes back into that niche market conversation right but it's not even something it sounds like um came up or it sounds like something that came organically like hey we really want to be talking about this topic we want to be talking about you know wrestling action figures and look no further than like the funko pops the wrestling funko pops that have come out too i'm mm. sure a lot of people have been able to grow with your podcast around those too yeah, for sure. I mean, there's so much. It's the major wrestling figure podcast, but I we've talked recently that we made a made a mistake because we've really grown sort of past the figure part to more memorabilia. The you know the pop stuff, the uh, foam fingers, the old vintage stuff that just like you know random shirts and prints and pictures. So it's all, all that stuff. And then back to your question, uh, Luke Gallows is is a, a buddy of the show, really hilarious wrestler on Monday Night Raw now, and he just he is a figure nerd, and he do, he only lets it out when he's on our podcast, but he knows so much. So I was definitely pleasantly surprised with the knowledge that he had coming on the show. And when you see him from the Bullet Club and the OC, you wouldn't assume that, not at all. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But he's got a kid, and they both sort of collect the the figures together. So. Uh, 
yeah, it's pretty cool. Now, kind of taking it back towards the audio side and the production side, as you are the producer of the NWF podcast, take us through some of your workflow of bringing the recordings that they send you and that you record to the final audio file. I think a lot of podcasters have a, again, nervousness about it has to be super polished. It has to be great. Um, a lot of people ask us all the time, how do you take just an idea that you have and how do you bring it to a final product that you release, whether that be monthly, weekly, daily, like some podcasts? Um, what is your workflow? Yeah, so there's another aspect to this. I was mentioning finding ways to sort of market our business, but uh, we have a, a very large, uh, I guess, a Patreon community. And part of the Patreon thing is the early access to the episodes. So I always want to get these episodes out as quick as possible because that's like one of the benefits. So basically, the guys record either Monday during the day or Monday night. Usually, sometimes it might be a Sunday. Matt sends me the files via Dropbox. And then as soon as I like sort of wake up on Tuesday, I will start editing the, the episode. We're about toys, so I have to edit out the swears and, and, uh, and things like that. So I do one go through and and just sort of clip out the the mistakes, the swears, things like that. Now, just technically the the savior program was uh suggested to me early on Colt Cabana of Podcast Fame, a uh, very famous uh wrestling podcaster, sort of just messaged me out of the blue and said, "Hey man, you have to use Levelator." I don't know if you've heard of this program. I'm, I'm familiar with the name, yeah. It's uh so you it's insane. Export, wave file, goes through Levelator, perfectly balances the, all the audio. It just sounds so great going through that program. So I always make sure that I use that. And that's the, the raw sort of file that I put up on Patreon. And then I add in like the music and the jingles and the ads and, and the show open and, and the close. Um, and then that's basically it. I, I run it through GarageBand to, to compress it a little bit. I'm sure there's probably a better way to do it. But but even then, even though you said GarageBand is your, let's say, the mode that you kind of do some of the leveling and whatnot, even though you're using those, you know, it's still, you're talking about kind of the roadmap of getting the files, editing the files. And this, I think, is something that podcasters can learn from too. You don't always need the craziest gear. You don't need the $4,000, $5,000, dollars studio. You know, oh, no. there's a lot of stuff that comes right on your mobile devices or right on your desktop devices. Uh, there's mm -hmm. a lot that you already have access to that you can use to edit. And as you said, you kind of set up a schedule for yourself when they send you this stuff on Tuesday. You, you know, get into the mode of recording it and you put it out. And it sounds kind of like you also have a little bit of a template if you're inserting some of the, uh, some of the audio files also, right? Yep. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, it, it's pretty quick and easy um, unless we have like a new ad that week that we're sort of producing um, or, you know, an extra thing like an interview or, or something like that. But, but for the most part, it's pretty easy. And, and that's good because like I said, I want to get this up as quick as possible for the Patreon people. Cause that's like one of the big benefits of the, of the program. Now, a lot of our podcast hosts have a goal of getting sponsors for their podcast. Um, how did you go about reaching out to Ringside Collectibles and how is your relationship with them? And the follow-up to that would be, what advice do you have for podcasters who are looking to develop relationships with various sponsors? So Ringside is 100%, uh, uh, and this is not a shill or anything. They are the, no the best way to get wrestling action figures, like literally on planet Earth. If Zack Ryder's figure comes out, 
ringside gets it four months before target does period. So if wow. it, and their markup on prices is, is very minimal, maybe a, a dollar. And then there's a little bit of like, uh, you know, shipping costs that, that associates with that, with that, but you're hunting for these figures. You're out there like driving in your car, wasting gas. So, so really it just evens out, you know, we know them, they're great guys, sort of small business that came from nothing. One of the podcast episodes actually has an interview with John from ringside and, um, it's one of our, our better received interviews because of just sort of where he came from and his entrepreneurial ship, um, and making that business. So when the guys sort of decided, Hey, let's do a podcast. They immediately texted ringside and their response was just, we're in. So they've been with us since the beginning. Um, great partners. Uh, we scratched their back, they scratched ours. So yeah, that's been great. But as far as like getting new sponsors, which we do get the occasional, uh, you know, extra podcasts, I, I will admit the sponsors that we do get are not like the bulk of, of where we sort of make our, our money. But for us, it's really just building relationships with people that really make sense for our podcast. We just did a run of ads with Foot Locker and they had they came out with some limited run t-shirts for WWE wrestlers. So like it was like one of 100 shirts. And so it just really made sense uh, for our podcast because that's exactly what it's about. Sometimes the guys talk about sports uh, equipment, things like that, because that just, you know, they're professional athletes. It's just kind of like the stuff that they like. And then we, we reach out to those people to see if they want to advertise, if it makes sense. And it's, re it's really just where it is. Either people contact us and we find out the best way to do it, or sort of we look into things that we really enjoy and then ask if they would like to sort of sponsor the podcast. Sure. And you brought up the point also of you know, advertising being advantageous, but not necessarily the biggest mode of income for the podcast. Uh, one thing that we discuss with podcasters all the time is that there's two sides of sponsorship. There's the partnership, as you discussed, where you know, there could be that sort of financial gain in return. But then there's also the side of having a partnership with a sponsor who is willing to promote you. And because mm. of their foot traffic, it really, even though there's not, let's say, a financial back part to it, you're still talking about a relationship that can help grow both parties really effectively. Yeah, I would say that's the basis of the original relationship with Ringside Collectibles. Uh, I think that they really sort of helped us get off the ground um, advertising to their, basically they know everyone who's ever wanted to buy a wrestling figure. So, you know, they helped us sort of get the word out when we first started. Sure. Now, what is your advice for podcasters who are just starting up or who are looking to grow their own podcast? Yeah, you know, we talked about not worrying so much about the quality and things like that. Um, but I will say, uh, number one for us has been consistency. We deliver every single thing that's promised. We've never been late with an episode. Uh, the episode drops the same time every week. We, you know, make sure that nothing is like we're phoning it in. They're all full length episodes. Um, things like that. So consistency is key. And that is the same way with all of our channels, posting stuff, YouTube videos, at least twice a week, um, Patreon content when we'd promise it. I would also say that I do really feel like you need as good as you can audio quality. Like you said, you do not need a $15,000 studio, but the best you can get it is, is what I would say don't like don't settle for using your voice note on your phone if you can do something else try to always better your audio quality 
especially with phone interviews and um, having guests on the, you know, you can really alienate somebody who's trying to get into your podcast by them not being able to understand the things that you're saying. So I think that that is very important. And it sounds silly to say, make sure that you have good audio, but I've listened to plenty of podcasts that I sort of turn off right away. I like the concept, but I just, I can't listen to that that quality for an hour. And especially nowadays with so much, like let's say you did stick to a mobile device like an iPhone or an Android, there's so much mobile gear out there. There's so many mobile microphones um, that have those studios. You said, like we were talking about before, GarageBand for iOS. My go-to is the Shure MV88. Making that initial investment can only go right for you. Right, exactly, exactly. I mean, our whole setup is pretty professional. It's very mobile. It was probably like mm, 650 bucks, something like that for four microphones and a recorder. So it's really not that much. Um, but, and, you know, like you said, there's ways to do it much cheaper too. So, uh, I mean, as long as you're sort of researching that and investing a little bit in that sound and not just sort of maybe using your MacBook uh, sound <laughs> device or, or whatever, I mean, it's possible, but um, you'd sort of would have to do a lot of editing after. Tell listeners where they can find you, uh, the Patreon, Podbean, wherever. The floor is yours to tell everybody where we can find the MWF pod. Cool. Yeah. So uh, basically all uh, podcast platforms, you can find uh, the major wrestling figure podcast. Our handle on most social medias, actually all social medias is at uh, major WF pod. Um, our website is uh, majorwfpod.com. Um, our YouTube is like, you know, one of my favorite things as a video producer first and foremost. So youtube.com slash majorwfpod. Um, pretty uniform all around. Uh, if you're interested in, in wrestling, wrestling nostalgia, wrestling memorabilia, I think that we have something for you, whether it's even just looking at the pictures on our Instagram. So yeah, check us out. Um, but I really appreciate the interview. Of course. Again, Mark, thank you so much for making the time. We'll speak soon. Thanks for joining us for Podcasting Smarter. You can check our show notes at podcast.podbean.com for links and details. Please like our podcast, leave your comments, and help us spread the word to other podcasters so we can bring you more great episodes with podcasting tips and inspiration from fellow podcasters. If you want to connect with other podcasters or get interviewed on this podcast, please join our Podcasting Smarter Facebook group. We look forward to welcoming you to the community. Happy podcasting.